Hey, teacher friends, Noelle here, popping in before the episode to make sure you know about our new math membership, All Access. All Access is a membership for middle school math and Algebra 1 teachers that provides ready-to-go resources that are aligned to the standards, engaging, and rigorous, so that you're not constantly reinventing the wheel or scouring the internet to find the materials you need. We are excited about the community that we are building with like-minded educators and supporting the work that you are doing in the classroom. Now, you might be asking yourself, what makes All Access different? And I think the biggest difference is the new student video library that we will begin rolling out in September. You can find out more about All Access and watch several videos on how it works by visiting maneuveringthemiddle.com slash all dash access. Okay, let's get to the show. Good morning, teacher. I'm Noelle Pickering. On the Good Morning Teacher podcast, we bring practical solutions to busy teachers because you can love your job and leave your work at school. Join us each week to talk through tools and strategies that help you maximize your time and effort both in the classroom and at home. I'm excited to cheer you on as you face the week ahead. morning, teachers. You're listening to episode number 29. Last week on the podcast, I continued discussing the importance of routines and procedures and how to actually go about teaching them in your classroom. If you haven't been able to listen, be sure to check it out at maneuveringthemiddle.com slash episode 28. Now today we are chatting about math problem solving skills. So for all of my math teacher listeners out there, you are going to want to listen closely as we discuss what exactly problem solving is, why we actually use these problem solving skills, and all share some new ideas for teaching our students to become problem solvers. Okay, let's do it. If you are a math teacher, then you know what I'm talking about when I say problem solving skills. These are those skills that allow us to think about, observe, investigate, and reason through situations. In the context of our math classrooms, these may look like word problems or task-like activities. The goal being that our students become such incredible problem solvers that they can take these skills and apply them outside the classroom. When they are having to make a financial decision, when they are watching the news to evaluate the data and statistics that are shared, when they are completing any type of home improvement project, right? So much of life is actually problem solving. The problem can be when we as teachers focus too much on the process of solving a specific problem that we kind of lose the forest for the trees, if you will. We spend time and energy teaching students how to be how to solve a specific problem rather than how to be a problem solver. I think about this a lot when I see different methods and models for decoding word problems. I think you know what I'm talking about. Rubies, cubes, all of the acronyms where students are supposed to underline or box or circle. And these are helpful in decoding and understanding the problem, but they aren't actually teaching problem solving skills. Problem solving skills are thinking skills. In the book, Young Child and Mathematics, Juanita Coopley states that problem solving happens through, and I quote, doing 
talking, reflecting, discussing, observing, investigating, listening, and reasoning. And I love that. I can totally agree with that. And those are the things we want to be doing and we want our students to experience in our classroom. And there are a few simple things that we can do to support that. So now that we have established what problem solving is and why it's valuable, let's chat about why it can be a challenge for students when it is presented as a word problem or a task. I think there are a lot of different factors that play into this challenge, and it could be a single isolated one, or it really could be a combination of several factors. So here are some that I brainstormed. First, generally just the need to persevere. Some students can routinely go through all of the procedures involved in solving a numeric problem, but they haven't yet acquired the perseverance needed to reason through a real life situation. You know these students because they are very fluent in number operations, but then when presented a problem with um, in a scenario with real world application, they may just pick and choose the numbers in an operation to complete it. Then there's also the, the factor that word problems and tasks like this require reading skills. They require um, reading comprehension and decoding skills to fully understand the situation and be able to apply the mathematical reasoning skills necessary in order to solve. Third, a lot of problems like this require multiple steps. Oftentimes, these real real world applications um, require students to actually create a plan with several different steps and then work through that plan. Whereas if students are getting something that is more numeric or more of a skill and drill or something like that, they're already told what they need to do. There's no plan that needs to take place. And then lastly, I, I want to share that students have possibly been exposed to incorrect vocabulary usage. Sometimes students have been instructed to primarily look for specific words, and you know these words, per, of, each, some, right? And so they kind of read or skim over the problem looking for these key words, and then they attempt to apply an operation to them. But we know that especially as mathematics gets more complex and as they grow in their understanding, problems don't always work like that. And while it could be useful for potentially your English language learners, it can also oversimplify the process and really it can become a decoding strategy that isn't actually utilizing problem-solving skills. So we want to teach the difference between those. And there are some terms and there are words that are helpful to look for, but they don't always mean something or they don't always indicate a specific operation. So those are some things that I think can play into the challenge that it is when we are teaching these problem-solving skills. So you know I wouldn't just tell you what students we want students to do and tell you all the challenges. Of course, I'm going to offer you some suggestions and some solutions. So the question becomes, how do we teach students to be problem solvers? And this comes up a lot. As teachers, I firmly believe we want to do what's best for our students. So I thought I would share an article that I read because it resonated with me and had some really practical implications. Phil Darrow was the co-author or one of the co-authors on the Common Core State Standards, and he has studied for quite some time, and he shares an article, and I'm going to link it in the show notes, so you can go to maneuveringthemiddle.com slash episode 29 to read it yourself. I encourage you to read it, and there's a video included as well, but for the purpose of the podcast, I'm just going to share a few highlights. 
His article is based on research that shows that teachers should shift their focus and their mindset from answer getting to sense making. And I love that phrase, sense making, because remember what I mentioned before, the learning is the problem solving skill. Those are the things they are going to go on and apply for the rest of their lives. Because remember what I mentioned before, the learning is the problem solving skill that they are going to go on and apply for the rest of their lives. It is not necessarily the solution to a specific question. Now, I'll share one suggestion that he makes, and that is to give the students the answer up front. It removes some of the power of finding the right answer, and it makes about it more about how could you find different ways to get to that answer. And I really like this for many reasons, but one of them is that math is so flexible. There are so many different ways to solve problems, and it really encourages students to think that way. So be sure to check out the article in the show notes. So lastly, I thought I would provide some practical and tangible ideas for what it may look like in the classroom. So first, we want to allow flexibility in how students solve. There are so many ways to quote unquote show your work, right? And giving students options and modeling those various options is really a valuable thing and a valuable tool in your classroom. This can also be demonstrated when students are asked to share their strategy or their plan for problem solving, and then giving opportunities for students to share different methods. You can make a table, you can draw a graph, you can draw a picture. All of those things are helpful means for students to create a plan and then solve using their problem solving skills. And so we want to encourage variety in that way and allow students to share and see how the different paths or the different ways to arrive at a similar solution are part of our problem solving process. Secondly, I would encourage us to focus on quality over quantity. Quality over quantity is going to mean different things for different teachers, depending on maybe the number of students in your classroom, the length of your class period, or just the different concepts that are being covered. Here's one example that I thought I would walk you through to help students focus on the sense-making in a problem. Okay, so I'm going to take a pretty basic word problem. We'll go with financial, um, decimal operations, things like that, rational numbers. Okay, so let's take the example, Mr. Roy overdrafts his account by $25.50 and then is charged a $10.35 fee by the bank. What is the change in Mr. Roy's bank account? Okay, so... Before, you might be tempted to just start looking at that problem and saying, okay, well, I know that overdraft means that we're going to um, remove something. You might be tempted to just kind of jump into the problem. But that allows for students to rely on your thinking, not their own thinking, right? So try and shift that workload, that thought process to your students. And here are just some questions that you can ask them. Who is Mr. Roy, right? I, we don't know. But what do we know about him, right? What is an overdraft? Is a fee a positive thing or a negative thing? Who, who, is in, um, who is incurring the fee? Does it matter? Why is he being charged a fee? And what is the change measuring? These are all just questions that you can ask that will help students to prompt their thinking and their reasoning skills as they think about the problem. And I think I just rattled off five or six questions and I haven't even gotten to the math. Model for students these questions, these critical thinking skills 
um, so that they start asking themselves the questions. And I think that's one thing that is really important in math when it comes to problem solving. As teachers and as adults or people that are very ingrained in math, we actually ask ourselves a lot of questions just internally without even realizing it. And we want to teach our students to have that internal dialogue as well so that they are asking themselves those questions and able to reason through it. And they're not dependent on us. Um, You could also propose, excuse me, you could also pose the question, what are some questions that you have about this? And asking students to look at that problem and come up with some questions on their own. Then have students try out their plan. Like, okay, so now we know this. We've asked ourselves some questions. What do we think might we might need to do to solve it? And allow students to come up with their own plan and try it out before you kind of walk them through that process. Now, if you wanted this problem to come to life a little bit, I thought about a really fun way to set up an activity with this. So let's envision that your classroom has groups of three or four, and every group has a brown paper sack or maybe a small shoebox, something with like where they can't see necessarily um, what's in it right away. And then let's throw some Monopoly money in there. And you could label, you know, to kind of get into it, you could label those brown paper sacks as Mr. Roy's bank account, right? And then they're going to use that Monopoly money to kind of think through the problem or like act it out to see what's actually happening. Um, And then they, they should be able to say, well, if I started with $100 or I started with $200 or Mr. Roy's bank account in this group started with $50, we should still be able to identify the change in his bank account, right? And then reason through what that means and why it may be different or why it may be the same or whatever the situation is. It kind of makes it a little bit more challenging, but also um, very tangible, And I love seeing students be problem solvers. I think it is such a lifelong skill that they will always carry with them. In fact, they may not frequently need to calculate the equation of a line or the probability of a compound event, but each and every day they will use these sense-making skills to solve problems and make decisions. So as a quick recap, math problem solving is something that can be taught and modeled. It is a lifelong skill that we have the opportunity to teach our students. I shared what it is, why it can be challenging, and some small shifts that you can make in your classroom to focus the learning on the problem solving process. Happy August. I know some of you are well into summer break and some of you have started back this week. Please know that I am so happy to join you along in your teaching journey, and I will continue to provide ideas that can maximize your results and minimize your effort in the classroom. I am cheering you on. Feel free to tag us at Maneuvering the Middle on both Facebook and Instagram. I've been loving the podcast, and we would love a five-star review. It helps us to be found by other teachers. For all of the links, resources, and freebies mentioned today in one easy place, check out maneuveringthemiddle.com slash episode 29. I'm Noelle Pickering, and you've been listening to the Good Morning Teacher Podcast. Until next time, friends, make it a great week.